Thanks for checking out the New Life Speakers podcast. All of our speakers are recorded live at our AA meeting held on Friday nights at 8 p.m. at the Atonement Church in Wyomissing, Pennsylvania. Our group is self-supporting through the seven traditions, so if you enjoy this podcast, please consider donating. You can do this with either Venmo or PayPal at New Life Speakers. Links to these can be found on our website, newlifespeakers.org, or you can use the link in the description. We greatly appreciate your generosity. More information about recovery and our upcoming events can also be found on our website. Again, that's newlifespeakers.org. And if you know some people in need, please share this with them. And of course, don't forget to subscribe. Wow, thank you for that amazing introduction. Uh, I bring the book up in case I lose my track or don't know what to say. I can just pick something out of here. No. Um, my name's Tom. I'm an alcoholic. And yes, my home group is here Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Why missing group? Um, we're a little strange, but it seems to be working. So feel free to stop by. Uh, my sobriety date is June 17th, 2018. Uh, I have a sponsor. He's got a sponsor. I sponsor other men. Um, and I guess that's uh, that's the statistics I'm supposed to uh, provide you all. Oh, KD rates 0.64. It's just an inside joke. Anyway, um, so yeah, I was asked to speak here, and it's been, I think I spoke here a few years ago. It was a while ago. There's no tape. Um, My fault. No, it's not. Um, so no, I remember this meeting in 2013 when I was staying at the Y. I'm probably not going to stay in order. I, I, my mind kind of skips around, and I don't know. I'll try to start in the beginning, but I just this group is one of my favorite groups that used to be down, down the street in West Reading. Um, and I just used to remember going there and like thinking everyone there was like the almighty AA because there was like, there's a lot of sobriety and I'd listen to the speakers and it'd be like, you know, idolizing these people almost like, well, how the hell did they get that? Because like, I was like newly sober, staying in the, in the YMCA, um, thinking I knew everything at the time too. Um, but it was just like a, almost an unachievable goal to be to be like these people. So I'm grateful to be able to speak here tonight. Um, so, <clears throat> sorry, I'm a little bit hoarse. Um, so anyway, a little bit about me. I was born in California, um, San Francisco to be exact. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm a twin, so... You know, I th- me and my brother, we, you know, he, he's he's opposite of me. At, at whatever you see me, he's like he's like six five, um, a savant, smart. You know, I just got I got the good looks and bald head. Um, but we were a uh, normal normal childhood, I guess. I think everyone says that, but to me, it was normal because I, I mean, I didn't know anything else. Um, you know, my parents they got the they got divorced. I was like five, so we lived out there until till about five years old then came back here um and moved around a lot like we ended up in Pottsville, Schuylkillhaven, Hamburg, um then why missing and I just remember you know even at the earliest age in California I was always like I always needed attention I mean like a lot of attention and I don't know why you know, I used to just get into everything. I, I would, you know, there's a fire down the street in our like complex. I remember, and you know, I I was like, I was out in my little red fire truck paddling down the thing, butt ass naked, 
um, for whatever reason. And, you know, I just remember growing up to, I fought my brother every day, you know, even like when I was like five years old, I, you know, I pushed him into the oven. It was off, but like, you know, <laughs> I, I just, I open it and I, and I put him in it. And, you know, I think my, my first drug was attention. Um, for whatever, and I got plenty of attention. I, I just, I don't understand it, and, and I've come to the conclusion I don't have to understand a lot of things um, to be sober. So, like I said, I, growing up, living up in Schuylkill County, up in Pottsville, it was a slightly different culture, and I kind of, I I blamed, or use that as an excuse, like that I can drink a lot, and, and you know, because that that was a part of my family. A lot of my family drank. My dad's an alcoholic. Um, he was in recovery for a time, and I think he's out now. I, I don't know. I haven't talked to him in eleven years. Um, but it definitely arose in my family. My other my grandfather died of cirrhosis of the liver uh, when I was I was young. Both my grand grandfathers passed when I was like six or eight years old. So I didn't really have a relationship with them that I could remember. Um, maybe someday it'll come back, but. It's been slow for my memory to come back. It comes back in bits and pieces. I don't remember a lot when I was a kid, um, but it, it's been getting better. <coughs> uh, Schuylkill County, though, you know, I had my first drink. I think I was, I think I was eight. You know, we were at a hosey, you know, a firehouse for a wedding. And all these people around, family, everyone's drinking, having a good time. And I didn't even really know, I didn't know what alcohol was. Uh, I just, I went around to each table, picking up whatever's left over and, and chugging it down. Um, I remember dancing after that point and then nothing else, uh, you know, I was like blacked out. Um, I got home, you know, my, my mom brought me home. My grandmother's like, you know, he'll be fine. Just he'll sleep it off. Cause it was like, you know, they weren't going to take me to a doctor or hospital. It was just, you know, just, just let, let him sleep it off. Um, so, you know, it's not, I didn't have a taste for alcohol after that. It's not like eight years old. I'm like, Oh, I need some more of that. It was just, uh, I remember having a good time dancing and, um, I guess probably helped me get out of myself, but like I said, early memories, I don't know. Um, but that whole time period in my life, eight, eight years old, nine, 10, 11, like I was in a, I was in a fight like almost every day. I would fight people. I had a smart mouth. Um, and my, my uncle always told me it's going to get me in trouble one day because I, I would just, I would just, uh, belittle people or try to, I don't know, be, be better than them, I guess. And so I was, I, I was in a lot of fights and look at me, I'm not like, I'm not a fighter. So I, I lost a lot of those fights, but I would, you know, it was fun. It was exciting. Um, you know, and like I said, moving around a lot, we were, you know, we were kind of poor. Um, you know, dad wasn't paying anything. Mom was working. It was just me and my brother at home. We had babysitters or family around. Um, but we were always outside doing stuff, playing baseball, um, so like I said, a normal life to what I think a normal life is. And, you know, it, 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 we started visiting my dad and my grandmother every summer we go out, you know, um, for, for many years up until I was like 20. <clears throat> and I just remember, you know, going out there, it was, it was a good time, but you know, when I came home, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't miss my dad or anything or or even knew he had a problem drinking. It was just a, just a fun thing. Um, you know, and like I said, my brother and I was always into it and I always felt like I was the one getting in trouble. I was always the one that was misunderstood. 
um, he wouldn't get in trouble for anything, but I would always, I'd be, I'd be getting grounded and that didn't work. So then, you know, they, they got a paddle and I was getting paddled. The neighbor made like a wood paddle. Back then you could paddle kids and it, it was okay. Um, my, my teacher in school would paddle me. They, they call my mom and ask, you know, yeah, he's being, <laughs> he's being Tom. Um, and you know, I get smacked in school, come home, same thing. Um, and until then I figured out, I knew when I was going to get in trouble. So I just wear like 15 pairs of underwear. <laughs> and I just, I, I, I pretended it hurt. And it didn't. And they, 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 um, were wise to that plan. So then they got me like a construction set for Christmas. Uh, I had a little saw in it and everything else. So one day I sawed the paddle in half. I'm like, screw you. You're not going to paddle me anymore. And now my, my parents aren't like <laughs> malicious. You know, my mom's the sweetest person in the world, you know, but Lithuanian Irish family, you know, you're going to get a whooping. Um, and I did. So I, I, I saw that in half. And then I, like a week later, the neighbor made another one, but put holes in it now for freaking velocity. <laughs> so that was the point being is like nothing, nothing deterred me. Like, like just like a story of my life, people could tell me what to do, tell me I shouldn't do this, give me great reasons. But I always did what I wanted to do because I always knew better than anyone, you know, how to live my life. Um, and not understanding that at that age, but that, like, looking back and taking inventory, like that's how I was. It was my way or, or there, there was no highway. It was just my way. And, you know, grew up Catholic, going to Catholic school, d- doing all the, all the sacraments, um, you know, got confirmed, baptized, confirmed, all that, all that good stuff. Um, and so, yeah, we had to go to church on Sundays talk about God, and I was always like, oh, I believe in God, you know, just just because that's what I, I, I grew up believing, that, that there was a God, um, not really having any clue what God is or, or you know, even the Catholic conception of God. I just knew that there was a guy, guy up in the sky. Um, I heard that. Um, and, and, you know, but I wasn't scared of hell. I wasn't scared of doing anything wrong. I was scared of I knew, like, I couldn't murder people, obviously. I knew that there was bad people in the world, and, I, you know, I wasn't bad. Um, you know, so just just church all the time on Sundays, and even, even like, Wednesdays we'd have to go, and, and I was just checked out. You know, there's, there's my brother, the perfect pupil, getting A's, not reading any books, you know, or if he read a book, he liked reading books, which was odd to me. He had all these books, but he'd read it once, and he was done. He memorized it. Uh, he was in gifted classes. You know, and then, and then there's me acting up, and I, I'm, when I look back and, and went through my inventory, it's, you know, I was jealous of him, you know, because he was a smarter one. I felt less than, you know, it's just a key, you know, recurring thing of my life that I, I don't feel as good as anyone else, you know. And I used to get nervous about speaking until I realized, like, you know, we're all a bunch of alcoholics. I'm no better than, no less than anyone else in this room or anyone out there, you know, like, we're all the same. So, and that, that helps me, you know, bring myself back to reality. Um, you know, so childhood wasn't bad. And going out to California, my dad, we'd go camping for two weeks at a time. We had, we'd go gold mining and stuff, um, gold dredging on like a little gold claim. We'd go to different spots and, and we'd get some gold, like, you know, flakes and stuff. But it was that time we'd go for two weeks at a time. And my dad would leave some beers out in the river. He's like, oh, I think, uh, I forgot something out there. So we go and, you know, I remember it was like probably 12. My brother's 
went to drink his, but he was scared. He was a, you know, he didn't do any of that stuff. So I drank his, I drank mine, and, you know, I, I felt good and found a cigarette, smoking a cigarette. Um, I was always, always the one that had to do something that other people aren't, you know, uh, whether it was sports and baseball, I always had to be the best. Um, any competition there was, I, I had to be the best at it or I had to make a competition when the wonder didn't have to be one. Um, and you know, even, even then I liked the taste of alcohol, um, or rather I didn't like the taste. I liked the feeling. And even at that age though, I, I was like, I, I don't know, you know, I don't know. I didn't have the, the burning urge to just keep on drinking. I knew I felt good and, and that was good. I didn't throw up. Um, you know, and, and fast forward though, to like when I'm 16 in high school, um, my brother, we're still fighting. We fight all the, we fought all the time. Um, you know, we, we were pretty close though. We, we were friends, like we had each other's backs. Um, and you know, but something happened like in sixth, seventh grade, we kind of went our separate ways. He had his own friends. I had mine. Um, I started hanging out with, I guess what you call the bad crowd, but you know, it was, the crowd that I could find because, you know, I was quitting sports. I stopped playing baseball, you know, going into like my freshman year. Um, and it was funny cause I just talked to my mom about that the other day. She's like, you know, you're so good at baseball. Why didn't you, what happened? Why didn't you keep going? And I was like, well, I, I chose drinking and, and smoking pot. Like that was, that was my sport. Um, you know, because I didn't fit in, like we, we were eventually in why missing and, so again, my only perspective and point of view was seeing all these people, you know, with nice houses, nice cars, um, you know, kids getting cars for their birthdays. And, and all these people, the, the, the cool kids, I guess you would say, you know, they, they had everything and, you know, God slighted me. Like I must have done something wrong because, you know, I wasn't born into that life. And that, that followed me around a lot. I thought about that a lot. I remember seeing this Harley magazine for whatever we would tour the factory or whatever it was, but you know, I'm just looking through it. I'm like, you know, I want this. And then I had a catalog, you know, I want a McLaren. And I, I, the, the book talks about delusions. I had so many delusions that, you know, I thought somehow that, that God, if I prayed for all this stuff, it would just happen. Like God would, Oh yeah, there's your Lamborghini, you know? And that, that concept has not, did not change for, it hasn't, that was my concept of God until I got sober. Like, God was the one that was going to give me stuff. That's how I saw it, and that's how I thought it was supposed to be. Um, and so, so all through high school, though, you know, when I was 15, 15 or 16, um, had my first beer with my buddies, and we drank, like, we had a six-pack, and it was warm, like, Beast Ice or something, or Natty Ice, and it was horrible. It was horrible, but I downed them, and that's that's the first time I really felt better. I'm like, this is great. Like I can fit in, I could talk to people because like I could always pretend to be social, but inside I was like dying. Like I couldn't, I didn't want to be around people. I didn't know how to talk to, talk to women. I didn't know how to talk to even, even my friends. Like I always thought I was being judged uh, because I felt less than because I thought I should be living in like some penthouse in, in New York. I thought I should be famous you know, look at all these people, like, you know, so you, you kind of get the, the, the sense of my view was all, you know, monetary, it was all things, you know, I should have things, because to me, things equated as, you know, feeling good and, and being successful, and if you have things, your life is fine, 
Um, and, you know, that's obviously not the case, but that was how I thought for most of my life. And you would think, thinking that way, that you'd be successful to get things, but, you know, I was my own worst enemy. You know, I couldn't get out of my own damn way. Um, you know, so starting with that day and drinking, you know, in, in high school with my buddies, you know, I go out to California for the summer, and, you know, my dad takes me to to a party, you know, in San Francisco. It's like just a bunch of his friends, but it's like a tea party. So, they're, you know, they, you know, pot tea, you know, to be more specific. Um, and then one of the, the, the girls that I used to know that we used to go camping and stuff together, you know, we go out and we walk around and smoke. And, uh, and, you know, that was great too. I was, you know, drinking and smoking and I came back and, you know, made all my friends. I'm like, we got to smoke. That's what we have to do because no one else is doing it. So I felt like I'm bringing something good to the table here. Like, oh, look at me. I, I got something better here. Um, <laughs> and I just remember it getting, you know, we couldn't find any pot. We were just a bunch of dorks. So, uh, you know, drinking though, my parents had a liquor cabinet and the thing must have been untouched for like 30 years because it had like the old bottles of like Vladimir plastic bottles of Vladimir vodka and just like like wild or old turkey and and or wild turkey whatever the hell that is but the worst alcohol you can ever imagine and I just remember they they would leave and you know we used to have to go into the city and pay someone to get us booze um, and then we'd keep it over in the highlands in the bushes but that's where everyone kept it so we would all you know we'd try to get there after school and steal everyone else's stash um, there were some fights that erupted over that but you know, but it was funny because before they trimmed all the trees, you go down and there'd be, there'd be, you know, 30 bottles of stuff. Um, but I just, you know, so I started stealing from my parents because I know they don't drink. My mom maybe drinks on Christmas. That's it. Um, my stepdad, you know, uh, she got remarried. My stepdad's great. Um, always been there. He's not really a drinker. He, he used to drink back in the day like a, a normal older gentleman from School County would. Uh, but he... He hasn't probably touched a drink in 20 years. Um, so they had all this liquor there, and I would, you know, I'd do the thing. I'd, I'd take some. I'd go in quick, grab a swig, and then put the cap on. I'm like, okay, this is all I'm going to have, and then I'll be done. Well, you know, <laughs> by that time, one sip was not enough. And so I ended up drinking almost the whole the whole bottle, whatever was there, whatever I could drink um, and not throw up. And I just put water back in like that. Was like they they never tell, but... Um, I just remember, even from the first time I drank when I was older, and then the second time I blacked out, and I, I, I honestly I, I thought that was common, like everyone that drank that you would black out, because to me, I, I mean, there was rarely a time where I drank, you know, and it was like sixteen years right and black out, um, and it's funny because the book the book says like, you know, non-alcoholics don't drink for effect, and I, I still. That's one of the things that really, really got me thinking that that couldn't possibly be true because, again, my point of view, like, why would you drink? Why would you drink if you don't want the effect, if you don't want to black out, if you don't want to feel better? Like, why? What's the purpose of alcohol? You know, like, just to have a drink and, like, you start getting a buzz, you're supposed to keep going. Um, so that, that still baffles me a bit. Uh, but it's in the book, and, I, and, you know, I talk to other people and, you know, that aren't alcoholics. So, yeah, we just have a beer and it's fine. I'm like, well, there's something wrong with you. Um, you know, so I, my parents came home the one day, or the, the one night. I was passed out on the, uh, in the living room, cigarette burned on the floor, you know. Um, 
And they, and by this time I was doing all right in school. I was like, I was actually, you know, on a roll and just, just doing well. Um, so they, you know, they left me alone. Like I could go out on a, on a Friday, Saturday night and not come home till three, four in the morning or not come home at all. As long as I had called them, I'm like, yeah, I'm staying such and such house. And that was always a lie. I didn't know where I was going to end up. Um, but they, they trusted me for whatever reason, you know, and I don't know why I, I, I drive drunk all the time. You know, I didn't get the nice, the nice new car like everyone else got. I got a Buick LeSabre that was, you know, theirs, and I, I busted the transmission out of it, you know, neutral slamming it, uh, drunk one day. Um, so, I mean, drive, driving to school, went to some holiday party, and I was drinking, like, Goldschlager, or I'd get, like, Aftershock or Ice 101, because I would, I would only drink... Like, I had to be the best at everything, so I'd only drink the most alcoholic liquor I could find. So it had to be the highest proof, and I would just down it. Um, you know, Animal House was one of my favorite movies, so I'd try to pull a Belushi and just, just chug it. And um, the night would never go well. I, I'd end up missing shoes, black and blue, black eye. Um, I'd often walk from, from wherever, try to walk home. Um, the, the police took me home a couple times because we lived right, right over here across from the Brawl Hall. Um, so they, they were kind enough to, to drop me off there on a few occasions. And, you know, it, it was just, I didn't think it was out of control then, but, you know, showing up to school drunk, I, you know, I'm parked up on the curb at school, reeking of, of, of alcohol and Goldschlager, you know, first period sleeping, you know, my teacher just woke me up. He's like, dude, you got to go like rinse your mouth out or something. <laughs> um, and you know, I thought that's just how kids were. I thought, you know, you're growing up, this is what you're going to do. And, you know, and all my friends were that way. They, I, I, I couldn't find the friends. I wasn't with the jocks anymore. And I never really was like, they, I didn't feel like I fit, fit in anywhere. I was like the outcast, um, till I met the people that drank all the time and, and did a lot of drugs. And, you know, that's, that's who I hung out with. Um, you know, I, I had one group of friends that I just pretty much ghosted, you know, they, they were the, you know, they were doing like science club and this and that. And, you know, I, I quickly left that to, to go out and just, uh, you know, chase the feeling, I, I guess you would say, because I can go to parties and I can show up and be fine. Um, talk to people and, you know, and still get in fights. Um, and then, you know, eventually, you know, I went into college. I got accepted into a couple, couple schools. I ended up choosing to, I went locally over to Kutztown. And that was like the best day of my life. Going to campus and like living there, I was like, I'm free. I can do whatever I want now. And it was all, it was all free as, as far as I was concerned. I got a bunch of money for graduation. And I, I, I worked since I was 14. I had jobs, you know, washing dishes, Vanity Fair, wherever. So I was always working because I needed to buy my alcohol. I needed to buy my buy my clothes and whatever else I wanted. So, you know, I had some money saved up and it was just like one big party. Uh, first week there, I joined a fraternity uh, because like I said, Animal House was like my picture of college. I mean, I think I was a couple decades too late, uh, but in my mind, that's how I wanted to be. Just, just you know, no, no rules, no, no oversight, nothing. So, you know, I, I missed a lot of classes, <coughs> drank a lot. Every day it was like a, me and my buddy get a 30-pack, and we, we just drink, 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 and drink. And that's how college went until I got kicked out for drinking. Um, drinking and, and getting into an altercation with one of the resident advisors there, and then they, they asked me to never come back. Sealed my record for, for like, 
Well, they said it was lifetime. It turns out it's only seven years. Um, so I, I got kicked out, and you know, I guess that this time, like by this time, my full-on alcoholism is, you know, I'm in it. That's that's all I know is is drinking every day. You know, I'm not to in college. I drink in the morning. I drink whenever because it didn't matter. But then I got out in the real world, had to get a job. So I, you know, ended up working in a, at a restaurant, still living in Kutztown because I wanted to go to the frat parties um, and, and just drink and, and do what I like doing. But then there comes a time where you're kind of like getting older and you're not in school, so you're, you're kind of that guy. And, you know, I was only like 20 something, but I'm like, I don't belong here. So um, I didn't want to move back in with my parents. So I got a, I got a job, um, you know, watching uh, handicapped people, you know, at a group home. And that's where eventually I met my, my first wife um, and ended up, you know, I moved in with her because I didn't want to move back home. And so we, uh, she was like me, so, I mean, she's got her own story, but uh, I attract similar people. So just a bunch of chaos, drama. It's like you're watching an episode of Cops. That's how my life was. You know, we were, we were always pushing, shoving, um, drinking, blacking out, do, doing everything. You know, I, I'd go to work drunk, you know, and it was like a schedule. I work seven days, have seven days off. Um, and that wasn't that wasn't good for my life because those other seven days, I was just, I didn't know where I was. Um, got in a lot of car, car wrecks in that time period, all the, all the way through until I got sober. I, I wrecked a bunch of cars. Um, Broke some ribs, camping, uh, no DUI or anything. I just, just went back. Um, and then so so that's how I ended up living there because I, I couldn't walk. I was all, all jacked up, so I stayed there. And then, you know, a beautiful love formed. And we ended up, uh, oh, we ended up together for like 10 years or 12 years. And it was just uh, one job after another, car accidents, fights, like, just fights, verbal arguments. Um, it was not good for, for either of us. So, you know, we decided, you know, we, we got pregnant once, miscarriage, and then um, another miscarriage. And eventually I, I got a job working in an in aluminum plant. Um, and somehow, I don't know, somehow started making something of myself there and being able to provide um or, or should be able to provide for a family you know so we ended up we got a house we got married and we were trying to have you know what you know trying to have a kid and you know we, we got pregnant and then ended up like you know we we're she was seven months pregnant and we lost the baby um so after that happened whatever i thought about god it was just out the window i was like you know god's not real it doesn't exist um you know, disown God. And it was like, it was just fuel for the fire. But, but I took like, you know, anything. I was like, I I'm not going to turn out like my dad. My dad was, was a drunk, you know, as I got older and, and would visit, I'd see that, you know, and, and he'd, you know, he'd have a stash for me when I'd go out there for the summer, um, things like that. But, you know, it was funny because I, I don't want to turn into this person, but uh, I, when I look back, I turned into everything he was because, you know, he's an alcoholic. And it was just, uh, you know, a turning point there where I was just done with the world. You know, I went to work, but but life screwed me over again. And, you know, that was about the same time my, my grandmother was dying of cancer. And I just remember calling her, talking to her, and then, you know, going to her place 
and she's like days away from dying. Um, and then she, she did pass from cancer and, and like being an alcoholic, I couldn't be there for her. I couldn't, you know, really talk to her. Um, you know, the only thing I did, I, I stole her, her Oxycontins, uh, <laughs> you know, on her deathbed. So that was, that was how my life kind of progressed into, you know, really, really not caring. And, you know, any day of the week you'd find, you know, all those like mini airplane bottles of, of whatever in, in my car. There was probably, I probably had like 200 of those things when I would go clean out my car every month. Um, cause I'd switch, I'd go to different liquor stores cause I, I didn't want them to, to judge me, you know, <laughs> like, like they care. Um, so anyway, <clears throat> we end up um, five years after that having 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 a kid. Uh, my son Ryan, he, he's eleven now, and that that was part of where it started to change for me. And that I still I didn't think I had a problem because honestly I thought everyone was on something. I'd, I'd look out the window, or I'd just be at work and be like, "There's no way people are going through life without." being on something they're, they're either drinking they're taking pills they're, they're doing something because like for me life was so hard um like my mind would just race if i wasn't drinking uh, like if i was just sitting with myself or sober for like a day i only had like maybe six days sober in 16 years like in one one long shot there when i was trying to get sober um and my mind would race. It was like the restless, irritable, and discontent, which I didn't have words for until I read this book with someone. Uh, but that's what it was. And it was the unmanageability of my life and my thoughts. It would just run, run, run. And the only way I knew how to shut that off is I, I drink. And um, it, it worked until it didn't really. You know, my son got him home. He's, he's just a baby. I'm supposed to be watching him, but, you know, he's sleeping on me. I'm passed out on the couch. You know, I was passed out you know every night like i couldn't even you know he wanted to play trains or something on the floor and I, i'm just laying on the floor because i can't even barely move and i'm just like this this isn't this isn't working i i just have to stop drinking and i'll be fine um so i got a the first dui was like 20 or 21 and i ended up i hit a house and and did the whole ard uh, supposed to lose your license. I did that, but I drove anyway. I just, you know, I didn't feel like I could have consequences for anything. But fast forward um, to this DUI, um, I hit a, I hit a telephone or a light pole, and I think my son was like one. He was in the car, but I was like leaving. I was leaving her because our relationship was was shit. I, I brought nothing to the table, but an, a, you know, an abusive person, you know, a very horrible man that, that couldn't even manage his own life let alone be there for her for my son so I, I was i was gonna leave i was like not gonna be like my dad but i'm gonna leave just like he left so i was gonna go to new york and i was gonna stop up in pottsville first and a snowstorm i ended up wrapping the car around the pole and it tore like the the back half it was an eclipse because she had the other car and i the whole back end was torn off um, I just waited there because you know, there was snow everywhere. I couldn't because I remember my lawyer telling me if I ever get another DUI, I just run. But there was like two feet of snow in my tracks. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. So, but I sat there and I looked back, and the, his car seat where he, where he would have been was all smashed and ripped up, demolished, and you know that that hit home. And that was the first time I'm like, I'm never drinking again. Like that was the bottom. I'm done. Never drinking again. And so like that's when I was sober for like a week. Um, and I got arrested and all that good stuff, but, um, 
it's like in the book, in, in, in the story there, where, you know, swear off alcohol, and I, I really mean it, I'm done, you know, like, never going to touch it again, and within, like, you know, a week of, you know, starting to feel better, but then my mind starts getting foggy and horrible and racing, you know, it's like, like it says, I had no, no defense against it, I wasn't even thinking, I just went to my neighbor's house, and he was sitting out, and he's like, oh, you want a beer, I'm like, sure, and just, just started drinking, um, I guess fortunately for that DUI, that, that sent me to, to task and to, to the judge. And, you know, they, they didn't believe that I, I didn't have a problem. So they wanted me to go, go to the YMCA. And I wanted house arrest, but they, they saw right through that. So it was probably the best thing that could ever happen, though, because I needed separation from the toxic environment that, that I created. Because um, it was, you know, by that, by that time I was calling the police on myself, I was... I, call, I thought I, I trapped someone in my basement. There was no one there. I had like 15 cops with guns drawn in there. Um, my car was all keyed up. It was, a, it was quite an a, amazing time, but I still didn't think I had a problem. My house was trashed. I, I got drunk one day and broke everything in it. So going to the Y was, was, was a godsend. And, you know, I got kicked out of the Y within a, in a week, though, because I was on uh, prescriptions um, from a, a doctor who has since been arrested, um, kicked me out. And then they said, clean up, you know, get, get off everything. And then, you know, come back. So I said, all right, I tried to do that. Of course I couldn't do that. So, um, I was, and I was still drinking and trying to get off everything else. So I, I ended up in rehab. Um, and after like a, a week and a half, I was like the king of rehab. I knew everything. I was, I'd sit there and read this book. Uh, people would come in and speak and like, I, I knew it all, and I was like, because I, I went in thinking, like, I'm just not going to drink. Just show me how not to drink, and my life would be fine if I get, like, a month. I, I'd be okay. Like, I don't, you know, that's the whole problem. The whole problem was drinking. Um, come to find out, you know, the big kicker in the book, the whole problem is me and, and the way I think and, and the way I am. Uh, fortunately, there's a solution for that. You know, so, so I get out of rehab, and, you know, like I said, New Life was one of the first meetings I went to. Um, Chris here um, introduced me to some people up in School County because I had to move up there not, not having a license. Moved up there, got a sponsor, went through the steps, sober a year, um, but I only did, like, the first three steps because I didn't have resentments. I didn't want to write an inventory. I felt fine after three steps. I, I was calm enough. Um, and then, you know, without defense again, you know, I, I relapsed and relapsed hard. Um, it's like, you know, being sober without something to, to, you know, like it says early on in the book, I can't, I can't outthink this. I've tried to, you know, I didn't put milk and whiskey and all that other stuff it says in there, but I, I tried wine. I tried, you know, beer and this and that. And I, I, I could always switch, but nothing ever worked to stop my drinking. Um, and so being on my own power, you know, it didn't, it didn't work for me. It, it didn't work at all. Um, so, you know, got sober again and then really tried to stay sober. And, and you know, I didn't feel like I, I fit in with the, the sober people because, you know, I'd felt not good enough again because they're working steps. They're happy. They're this and that. And here I am not, not, uh, not getting it. Um, and so I really gave it the best effort I could for, for about two and a half years. Um, but 
you know, one of the most important things I, I found is that when I stopped doing like 10, 11, 12 and, and the disciplines, as my sponsor calls it, I start fading away from AA, you know, so, you know, unity, service, recovery. If I'm doing all those, those three things and whatever that is in my life, you know, I stay connected and, and I'm working on a program and doing what it says in the book. But, you know, at two and a half years, I kind of I, I found a different type of higher power. Um, you know, I was feeling better, it's kind of faded away and got into a relationship and, you know, got resentful and ended up just saying, no, screw it. I hated everyone in this room, went back out and I was out for like two years. Um, and like it says in the book, you know, it just gets worse and worse. And, and it did, it got worse quick. And, you know, my, my son's like two and a half, three by this time, I'm sitting there passed out again, you know, um, Passing out on the way to work, you know, off the road in the car, another car accident. Um, and, and I did this for a while until I was going to a, going to a concert was supposed to be with my old sober friends. And only one guy came because he was just, I don't know, he, he didn't realize I was out using and drinking and this and that. And, or maybe he had some faith in me. I don't know, for whatever reason, but, but God put him there and, you know, I was, uh, ended up, at at that that at that concert, just losing my my crap and you know breaking down to him, telling him you know I need to get sober, you know I'm done, I need help, um, and he was there to help, and you know, and that was that was a uh, Father's Day in 2018, and so since then I've been I've been sober, um, but you know and I and I called my sponsor on the way to detox again that 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 day. Um, and he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll help you out. He got me in. Um, and then as soon as I got out, I called him. I went to the meeting down here. It was like at noon, I think. Um, and, you know, I spoke with him the very first day. And, and it's like, I told him, I'm, I'm like, I should just start on step four because that's kind of where I left off. And, you know, he just laughed. And we started on step one. And at that point, though, like, I, I really had to go through step one with him. I, I wrote down all the times where I thought, you know, I was done drinking or didn't want to drink. You know, on my wedding day, I'm like, I'm not drinking. Well, I wake up in the hospital with, with freaking staples when I nicked an artery because I, I, I went through a glass door. Um, and, and, you know, at work, I'm just entertaining customers and, and I'm sloppy drunk, throwing business cards everywhere, you know, and I was only going to have one beer. Um, and, and I could never, could never do that. So I wrote all that stuff out to actually see it, you know, on paper and black and white all the times that I would never drink. And, you know, comparing myself to Bill's story, you know, it's, it's old, but everything's so relevant. And it's, you know, I look at the book and look at the feelings and experiences, and I can connect right away in, into that. And, you know, when I, when I started doing that and looking how I can relate to people, it all, it all pretty much comes down to the same thing. I mean, I, I identify with a lot of people, no matter what their story is. Um, but sitting with him and, and then getting to step two, and, and I always thought since I had a good job that my life's not unmanageable, even though I didn't have anything. I was like, just thinking the other day, I didn't even have, I'd have to find gas money just to get to a freaking job where I was making tons of money. Like, like I'd go to work and I'd borrow money from the people that work for me. I'm like, oh, I forgot my wallet or... You know, you know, shady stuff. Um, and I've since made amends to, to all those people. Um, but it's like, you know, how I don't have any of those issues today. I, I can wake up, I can go get gas and not worry that, 
know, I'm going to get like an overdraft fee or, you know, I have a bank account now because it was, it was garnished. It was, wasn't garnished. It was frozen, um, frozen for, for years. Um, and, and, you know, so it, it, it's the things when I look back and that's why I like speaking or hearing people speak because it reminds me how bad it was because, you know, part in step two where my life is unmanageable, um, it's like I can't remember all the bad times. I can remember the good times. It's like a freaking Bud Light commercial, you know? And that's that's the shit that I'll remember if I, you know, step out of this and start fading away. I'll remember the, the good times, but I won't remember the bad times at all. It's the mental blind spot that it talks about. Um, and, and it's just, it's gone. Like, like some days I really have to focus on how it was. Um, so really, really understanding you know, that, that I can't run my own life. And, and I didn't believe, I didn't know what to believe. I, the God concept of my childhood was gone because I thought since I, I grew up Catholic, I had a pass, I knew God and I was going to be fine. And that was the second time around. Um, so I was, I just kept an open mind and, you know, I listened to this guy talk and, and relate to him and, and really just all I had to do, you know, was believe that there's something greater than myself and that, I've tried every way because if, if I didn't think I tried every way to stay sober, I couldn't be here. I had to really think that I, I've done everything I could, everything in my power. I could fix a lot of crap in my life, but drinking for whatever reason, uh, it baffled me. I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out, couldn't fix it. Um, and I had to trust the people in, in AA. They obviously knew how to do it because here they are. They're laughing, having fun. Um, they're, they're living life. They have a bank account. They have a car. And not that that's important, but those are some of the things that come along with, with you know, being sober is that you, you're responsible. You know, I hear people saying, you know, I want to I wanna go back to how I used to be, you know, before alcohol. And I can't relate to that because I don't. I don't know who I was before alcohol. I don't know. I didn't have any hobbies. I don't know what I liked. Um, I was a scared person that, that was entitled, entitled to everything and only thought about myself. I would never want to go back to that. Um, so I, I learned as going through the steps that, you know, what I do want, and that's why I never really did step four thoroughly before, because I didn't want to look at myself. I didn't want to look what I had to change because, you know, without all the, the chaos and alcohol, you know, what the hell did I have? You know, I had an empty shell, you know, of, of a person, but, you know, being able to go through that and looking at all my character defects where I was resentful, you know, it turns out I was res resentful at a lot of people, a lot of places, um, institutions and, you know, the list goes on and on, but, you know, I had to do that inventory to see what the hell is going on here and start with a clean slate. Um, and, and that was one, once I did step four, I really, you know, it was four and five and, and talked it out. I, I felt good. I, I sat for the hour, I did my meditation and I felt relieved. Um, I really felt each step I did, I felt better and better. And so I, I just kept going, you know, trusting the process and, doing what, you know, what people told me to do. And I, I would really just keep an open mind and I'm like, you know, so far so good. And it was just like thinking about today um, and just waking up and doing it, you know, and my sponsor said, getting into a habit of doing certain things. I, I pray, pray in the morning, um, which I still do. I pray at night, you know, um, meditate. I've been through different types of meditation. I, I still focus on that because I'm still, still not there where I want to be with meditation, um, find my, my niche with that. Um, but really, really start over and, you know, 
just the feeling I would get after each step would just be motivation to do the next one. And when I when I finally was started to to make amends, I mean, he had a list of other character defects I, I forgot. So that's why I think it's important to go through the book with someone so that, you know, I keep saying about perspective. It's like, you know, I grew up, I didn't have, I didn't have glasses or contacts and I had horrible allergies for a lot of my life until I went to the allergist and then to, to get uh, the eye doctor, I put glasses on for the first time. I was like, holy shit. And like people see like this, like I had no clue. And that's kind of like what the book is and God is. It's, it's another perspective and having another person there to say, you know, why don't you look at it from this way? Um, and, and that's really like a plan to live my life. And, and I try to look at other people's perspectives, you know, that I'm not always right because, you know, when I'm looking, you know, at myself you know, or only thinking about myself, it, it's subtle. Like I won't even, you know, consciously think, oh, I'm thinking about Tom. But before I hold, I'd hold the door for someone to get recognition for that or to feel better about myself. Now I hold the door, I just hold the damn door. Like I, I'm a decent human being, like maybe many other people are and they didn't have to go through this, but... I had to learn how to be a decent human being. And making amends was, you know, one of those humbling things where the first amends, uh, you know, was an easier one. That was like a gimme just to, to warm myself up. It was someone in the program and um, it went well, though. But the, you know, the ones after that, you know, to the co-workers, my ex-wife, um, exes, and, and just people in my life that I really, you know, messed up relationships and, and screwed them over. You know, I found that I tell them everything that, that I think I did and, and I'm ready to make amends and really ready to try to help them heal uh, the best I can because, you know, it's not about me. And when I hear their side of it, you know, there's some surprises that, you know, caught me off guard where I just had to keep my mouth shut and be like, wow, I, I didn't even think about that. But that's that's fuel for this. Then that's the whole point or part of the point of it is to see other things I didn't realize about myself so I can change and be more productive in that, um, you know, and then just like living in 10, 11, 12 to the, to the best of my ability, like the, they call it maintenance, but it's really the, the, the growth part. Because when I started, my concept was God was, was honestly, people say good orderly direction. I was just following, I, I was just doing what others were doing. And my, my concept of God changes, you know, I, I hike a lot. I'm out, out in the woods a lot. And I find a lot of peace there, and I find I'm able to to see the energy of the world, the, you know how it works, and you know that that centers me a lot. But you know I think everything's connected with energy, like like we're all of God. Um, so you know if I'm treating my, myself like crap or someone else like crap, it's 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 all the same thing. It's not it's not good for the spirit. And you know getting through all the steps, you know took all that hate I had inside, and all that like self pity and and all that crap. It, it took it and replaced it with being able to be receptive that there's, there's love out there, there's peace, there's, there's all this, you know, which I thought was hippie crap back in the day. Um, but really, that, that's what life's all about. And it says in the book that, you know, the goal is to, to do, you know, I, I don't have the book memorized, but it's like uh, do the will of God, be of maximum service to, to him and the people about me. So not just other alcoholics, but people in my life. And you know, when I can show up for work and do a good job where I can just listen to someone, you know, before I, I would just talk, talk and talk and talk and, and get my shit out and I wouldn't hear anything anyone's saying. Now I, I do my best to actually listen and, and see where they're coming from. And when I do that and I'm like trying to sponsor people or sponsoring people, 
doing service work. I've, I've been a secretary at Intergroup for the last couple years, um, making coffee, chairing meetings, whatever it is. You know, that's all serves. or just trying to be helpful. Uh, anything that I do that gets me away from, like, thinking about my problems, you know, always helps. And, like, when I get frustrated through the day or if I'm pissed off, I was pissed off this dude at work the other day because, like, he, he upset my, my sanity and challenged me. And right away I'm like, who, who are – I'm thinking to myself, like, who the hell are you? Um, you know, and, and I knew enough to restrain myself from responding to email or going over to the guy. And, you know, I, I tent-stepped it. I, I talked to – you know, I prayed, talked to a dude about it, um, and then tried to be helpful to, to someone else. And I was able to do that, and then my, the problem pretty much goes away. And I'm like, man, I'm like, you know, on my nightly inventory when I do it, it's like I'm an, I was an ass, and, and, and here's why. And then I look at that like the book says to try to correct it for the next day and wake up. And I, I pray every morning, every night, and it's pretty much the same prayer. I talk to my to God like, you know, I'm talking to myself inside basically, and just like a, a bro, because um, it works for me. And, and you know, I I always ask Him to you know. Help me be of service to others and, you know, be calm for the day and be, be open to whatever comes. And fortunately, like most days, my life is, is good. It's calm. Like, like the wheel and, and the rest of this terrible discontent is gone like 99% of the time. You know, it bubbles up, but, but there's, there's tools and there, there's a way to do it, which is right out, outlined in the book. And if I don't follow that, some days I don't, I start getting, you know, I'll get frustrated or I'll, you know, be pissed off at everything. Um, but... I have others around me in a support group that can call me out in my shit too. And, and, and it's just about living. I wouldn't imagine this is the way I would live. You know, I didn't think you could live this way. I thought, you know, I just stopped drinking and everything would be fine. Uh, I did not know it was all about me, you know, all about changing me and changing everything I, I, I thought I knew. And if I keep an open mind, you know, my life just continues to get better. Uh, but it requires me to put in the work, the action. You know, like faith without works is dead. And, and that's the whole point of it for me is that, you know, I have to I have to do the right things to the best of my ability. And, you know, even if I don't know what that means, just do the right thing and, and, and it'll come. You know, it, it's just like a baffling program where, you know, just do the opposite of what you would normally do and things get better and your life becomes less cluttered and just keep putting in the work. Um so I'll leave some time, a minute or two. I'm sorry I took up the whole hour. Um, but I guess that that's my story in a nutshell. That's what I got. Thanks for checking out this episode of the New Life Speakers Podcast. Please remember that our group is self-supporting through its seven tradition. Donations can be made by clicking the link on our website, newlifespeakers.org. Tune in next week for a new speaker, and thanks for listening.